Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. I'm very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Peter Kahn. Now, Dr. Kahn is a board-certified chiropractic neurologist, certified in functional medicine, and a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine. Dr. Kahn is a creator of Neurometabolic Integration, a breakthrough approach that combines functional neurology and functional medicine to treat complex neurological, endocrine, and autoimmune disorders. Dr. Kahn, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thank you, Dr. Carey, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Khan, our listeners are quite familiar with the concept of functional medicine, but actually you're the first guest that I'm having on to talk about functional neurology. So that puts a little bit of pressure on you, Peter. <laughs> Let's do it. How would you explain functional neurology in like plain, simple terms? Well, you know, just as in functional medicine, you know, functional medicine is looking at pathways and imbalances. It's not really interested in like a diagnosis of a medical condition. And, and on the same token, functional neurology is not really looking for like a stroke or a tumor. We're looking really at these imbalances neurologically and seek to balance them through, you know, therapies, uh, non-drug, non-surgical approach to restore neurological function. Uh, and, you know, in, in functional neurology, there's a, there's a concept of a hard lesion and a soft lesion. So a hard lesion is something that you can image on MRI, like a stroke or, you know, embolism. Where a soft lesion is something that where you can still have the same neurological signs where people can function well, they can't get the words out, they have, you know, uh, a- ataxia, but they see no lesion on MRI. So this is where medical neurologists kind of throw their hands up and say, well, we don't see anything wrong with you, you're normal, while the patient continues to suffer with symptoms. So that's where we do very in-depth neurological exam to actually identify the exact place of the you know, soft lesion or functional imbalance and seek to restore it. So it's like um, we look at the brain, and we're trying to find where yeah. the weakness is in the brain, and how do we get the brain stronger? Exactly. I mean, that's a really good analogy, Dr. Carey. I mean, really, we're just looking at where in your brain is weak. You know, for example, you can have a, you know, somebody can have a right bicep weakness, right? And if you have a right bicep weakness, you know, uh, what drug do you take or what, what supplement do you take to make that right bicep stronger? I mean, nothing. You have to actually exercise the right bicep. Same thing if we find a right parietal lobe weakness. I mean, what drug or what supplements can you take to strengthen that right parietal lobe? Nothing. You actually have to go in and stimulate and activate the right parietal lobe to get it to function better. So that's that's a great analogy. 
So uh, before we started recording, um, I was telling you that I'm just like starting to dip my toe into this whole world of functional neurology. I'm taking a three-year certification program with Dr. Datis Karazian and Dr. Brandon Brock, and I am just floored by how much the brain health can be involved yeah. in all these different different health problems that our people having like digestive problems fatigue mm-hmm. thyroid so it's not like brain problems that we think of the brain can be integrated well it is integrated with a whole body right i mean you know as a chiropractor and you have that background as well you know we, we always say you know the brain is a master controller controls everything in the body you know from a you know old chiropractic model we used to think is a pinched nerve theory but of course, science is advanced. We know it's not just about pinch nerve, and the, and the brain does control everything. But it's it's much more. So, for example, you know, a gut dysfunction. Well, we know that ninety percent of the brain's output fires into the brainstem, which controls autonomic function. And one of the nerves that innervate the gut is the vagus nerve. So, if your brain's not functioning properly, you're not going to have the proper output or stimulation to the vagus nerve, which will cause gut issues like decreased secretion, like leaky gut, like lack of blood flow to the gut, which can cause leaky gut. So absolutely, it, can, it has profound impact on every system in our body. And I think the brain is the most ignored part of healthcare right now uh, in both the conventional medical model and the functional medicine model. You know, you have a lot of natural healthcare practitioner that's really, you know, into, you know, supplements and food and you know, everybody's talking about that and blogging about it. But nobody's really talking about the brain. And the extent that people talking about the brain is like St. John's Ward and 5-HTP to support neurotransmitters. But, I mean, that's a really small aspect of that. And we have to look at it more from a holistic point of view. And now we can really take holistic to another level, which is to include the brain. Yeah, so to simplify this a little bit for our listeners, I'm sure a lot of our listeners understand that there's a gut-brain connection. But I don't mm-hmm. think they realize there is a brain gut connection that it goes the other way and that Mm -hmm. for the listeners out there that have chronic digestive problems or know somebody that has chronic digestive problems and you've tried all of the diet changes you've tried all of the cleanses you've gotten rid of parasites and yeast and bacteria and you've taken enzymes and hydrochloric acid like you've done it all Mm -hmm. chances are the one thing you haven't done is worked on the brain health because that might be the missing link right dr khan Absolutely. I mean, like like you just said, you're taking a bunch of pills and supplements, and that, that might help. But if your brain's not firing into your gut and create that drive, the autonomic drive, then your gut's still not going to work properly. Now, keep in mind that you really, when we say the gut, you know, that includes not just the intestinal tract, includes the, the smooth muscles, includes the nerves that innervate the gut. You know, when we say gut, really, it's the whole thing, right? The blood supply. And one of the biggest things is that the GI tract is most of the smooth muscles. And these muscles are obviously not under our conscious control. And so something's got to innervate a muscle for it to function. So, and that innervation is coming from the brain. So if we ignore the brain, then obviously your muscles not going to move in your gut. And that can lead to motility problems. And if things don't move, then you get constipated, right? So people are taking, you know, fiber and laxative. But if your brain's not firing, you're going to have constipation. So we can't ignore that. Or on the other hand, if you have brain issues and you know your your gut's not you know moving food along, then you're more likely to have dysbiosis because when things sits there, they ferment and you're likely to get infections. So you have this chronic candida issue, 
you've done every candida cleanse under the sun and it's still there, then you got to start thinking about brain as a possible link to that. Now, I'm not saying that every single person with gut problem or candida issue is due to a neurological dysfunction, but certainly if you already tried everything and still not working, then and you may need to have the brain evaluated properly, like from a functional model. Yeah, so let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about fatigue because the more I'm learning about functional neurology, mm-hmm. I'm a- actually really quite shocked at how much just like plain old fatigue that so many people are struggling with every day, fatigue, brain fog, poor concentration, all that kind of stuff, how, how that can be actually brain-based. And, you know, in functional medicine, we talk about, well, it could be the cortisol is out of balance or, mm-hmm. you know, you need more sleep. It could right. be food sensitivities, but there there could really be a brain imbalance going on. Yeah, and, and from my perspective, you know, one feeds the other, right? Obviously, obviously cortisol imbalance can degrade brain function. Uh, and obviously, food sensitivity can create that leaky gut, which can create inflammation in the brain as well. Uh, however, you know, we have to really think about fatigue for what it is. You know, when you experience fatigue, I mean, you don't experience that in your, like, gluteus maximus, right? I mean, you exp- or your muscle, per se. You experience fatigue in your brain, right? So fatigue is different than weakness. Like, if you have a pinched nerve in your C5 nerve root, and you have, like, weakness of your right bicep, for example, so your bicep is weak. You actually have some neurological deficit. But that weakness of the bicep doesn't mean automatically that your brain's going to be tired, right? Because some people can have a weakness of the right arm because of nerve pinch, but they're not tired. On the other hand, fatigue is actually a central phenomenon. It's actually your brain cells not firing. So we have to see fatigue as a neurological symptom, not like, oh, an energy problem per se. It's actually a brain symptom. And, and one of the main things is that if your brain's not firing, then you can experience that symptom. And like you said, you know, you could take, you know, B12 and, and stuff like that. That's not necessarily going to help it if it's actually decreased brain function. And again, this is something that has to be, you know, diagnosed and individualized for every person because that means something different because there's many different regions in the brain that can this can happen to. And it's really just about integration of it all. And uh, I think working with a qualified functional neurologist can be a great adjunct to someone who's already doing functional medicine stuff to restore their health. So, you know, again, commend you, Dr. Carey, for continuing education and get the, the you know, 50th letter on buying your name. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. How much, you know, we, we graduate from school and it's just learning and learning and learning. And uh, as we were talking about before we started recording, it's like when you learn about functional medicine, you cannot go back. When you learn about functional neurology, you can't go back to those old models and it's becoming very clear to me that the the upcoming wave of like really true healthcare is going to be an integration of functional medicine and functional neurology because it's it's looking at everything. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be no specialists anymore. You know, that the true doctor, the true healer will have to know everything. You know, somebody just really into herbs and don't know anything else. You know, you're not going to be able to serve patient at the highest level because people are getting sicker. You know, the reality is that people are getting sicker because there's overload of toxins in our environment and people just eating poorly. And conventional medicine is just not serving patients to the level that they need to with just simple drugs and surgery. So absolutely, I think the next level evolution is neurology and functional medicine together. So going back to fatigue, what are some of the clues 
that you're looking for when you're doing your patient interview, when you're doing your patient history? What are some of the clues that you're looking for that would make you think of, oh, I think this fatigue is brain-based fatigue versus like uh, cortisol or thyroid or something else? Well, it, it, it would be a brain-based fatigue if the fatigue is, you know, brought on uh, from some type of brain usage, right? So like if you read a book and two minutes later you're just like falling asleep or you can't retain that information where you used to be able to, that may be a brain-based fatigue. If you drive down the street and, you know, it gets real busy in the environment, things are passing by fast and you're just getting like car sick and nauseous and you feel fatigued from driving, that will be a brain-based fatigue. Uh, if you, you know, go watch a movie and, you know, an action flick and things are flying, zooming left and right and the noises and explosions and you get, you know, nauseous and off balance from that and the fatigue, you feel like you, man, you just like, you know, like read a huge book and took a five-hour final exam after watching a movie like that. You may have brain-based fatigue versus if it's metabolic, it may or may not correlate with a brain-based usage. So that's really the, the way you differentiate that. You know, I've noticed in the past couple of years that when uh, my husband and I go to the movies and they play those um, trailers for the upcoming movies, prob- yeah. probably about half of them I just have to shut my eyes through because yeah. they just bother me. And you know what? I I never really knew what that was because mm-hmm. I just never thought about it. I just thought, well, it's just going too fast. But now, as I'm learning about functional neurology, it's like, it's my brain, man. I got to work on my brain. Yeah, we may have to, uh, you know, and, and working on the brain, again, it's not necessarily just taking some supplements, although that can help. And obviously, you know, fuel delivery is really important. Uh, I think this is probably the, the good time to talk about, like, w- what's the, the key requirement for the brain, right? In, in functional neurology, the first thing we learn about brain function is what are the requirements for, for brain cells. And really, all brain cells, whether it be, a, you know, a, a brain cell or a peripheral nerve cell, uh, any kind of neuron needs fuel and activation. That's the primary requirement of a neuron. So fuel comes from the food that you eat. So obviously nutrition, uh, lifestyle stuff, that's really important. But the other aspect, which is often ignored or overlooked, is the activation side of things. And one of the big takeaway points, that, that kind of like the aha moment for me that made me want to jump into functional neurology, is that when I learned that gravity is the one constant stimuli and the muscle spindles in our muscle, we have sensors in our muscle that tell us about stretch and your proprioception. And that gravity is the constant stimuli that provides a constant stimulation to our neurons because without that constant stimulation, our brain cells literally will die. And so people who sit around on the butt all day, sit in an office job, they don't exercise, they're not active, literally you're just asking for trouble. Your brain's not getting stimulated properly and brain cells will die. And when I heard that you know, gravity drives this whole process where it keeps our brain alive. I mean, that was a huge moment for me to where, wow, you know, our creator has made things so beautifully that everything works together. And just being on this planet Earth with gravitational force is is part of the fuel that sustains it. It's kind of fuel in the form of activation other than just eating food. And uh, I think if, if, if all the listeners would just pay heed to that and learn how to fuel their brain with proper fuel and proper, proper activation, I think we'll have a lot more people with better brain health than what we're seeing now. Yeah, I agree. So there's definitely an activity component. So that's where exercise and movement comes in. And then there's the diet component. So can you talk a little bit more about that diet component, Dr. Khan? 
Yeah, so, you know, uh, fuel, right? So fuel to the brain. The, the most important source of fuel for the brain is oxygen and glucose. So oxygen obviously comes from the air that we breathe. Uh, so if you're a shallow breather, you're stressed all the time, you don't even take deep breath in, you don't, you know, just, or you have rib biomechanic issue, you know, some kind of structural issue that makes you not breathe properly or scoliosis. I mean, that can compromise brain function and people don't think about that. Or people have uh, sleep apnea and they don't get a CPAP machine and they're just, you know, breathing every few seconds or stop breathing every few seconds. That's going to severely impact brain function. Now, from a nutrition point of view, how do you get oxygen? Well, you, you got to make sure you're not anemic. And I think a lot of doctors, uh, you know, you know, in a conventional medical model may not assess anemia as extensively as some of us functional medicine docs. You know, we got to check all the iron markers, TIBC, ferritin, you know, and look at that, our red blood cell from a functional range, not just from a traditional range. So we got to make sure people are not anemic. So that's how you can get make sure that people are getting proper oxygenation. And then glucose, obviously, comes from the food that you eat. Now, you know, I, as you know, you know, glucose has to be maintained in a very tight range. You know, I, the way I explain to patients is that your body treats blood sugar levels so, it's so obsessed with maintaining proper blood sugar level. It has multiple hormones that it's put in place to keep that in a very tight physiologic range. Anything above and below that tight physiologic range, your brain just hates it. So if you're hypoglycemic, your brain just not going to work because you're not able to deliver fuel to the brain. And if you're insulin resistant, same thing. Really, insulin resistant just means that you have low cellular glucose. It's just the same as hypoglycemia. So either way, we got to make sure maintain proper blood sugar levels, and that obviously comes from eating properly. You know, if people have really uh, messed up adrenal glands, that can cause you know hypoglycemia. So you know, it's a holistic issue. But bottom line is oxygen and glucose, and there's certainly lifestyle things that you, we can take. And uh, I'm sure you have, you know, your press guests or in your practice, you talk to patients about blood sugar balance all the time. So I don't have to go into that. So can I add one more thing about the oxygen part? Uh, oh, of course. Oh, so um, I always ask my patients about their circulation. Mm-hmm. About do you have cold hands? Do you have cold feet? Do you have a cold nose? Because if those, Absolutely. if your if your peripheral circulation is cold, odds are the circulation of your brain is going to be um, to some extent impaired right absolutely and you know so clinically we might and then i have patients do this at home too they check their own blood pressure the blood pressure is low then uh that's also a problem and you know so some of the things that patient people can do on their own is check their own blood pressure and if it's low they can just add some sea salt to their diet i mean that could be just one simple solution i literally have patients that listened to a, a previous podcast of mine and uh, she took that and she took some sea salt and uh, literally her toenail fungus went away because she got better perfusion, right? And uh, that could be simple as that. But of course, for some people, it could be really complicated. But, you know, it's all about just getting some of these basic information out there for people to start, you know, doing something to help themselves. So, so, so Dr. Khan, can you let our listeners know what do you consider as low blood pressure? Because in the standard medical model, it's like, if you have low blood pressure, that's fantastic. But in a functional neurology perspective, oh, that can be really bad because you're not getting enough blood to your brain. So what yeah. numbers are you looking for? You know, for me, 120-80 is optimal. Now, obviously, you know, some people who's 250 pounds, you know, pressure might be a little different than somebody who's 95 pounds. But really, 120-80 is optimal. If I see people really below 110 and below, like, 70, I, I really think that's a problem clinically for me. And, you know, some people, every doctor kind of have their own interpretation of that. Uh, but, you know, 
definitely I, if I see 105 over 65, that is for sure low. Then we want to start doing something to bring that pressure up. And you can do that through lifestyle things. You can do high intensity exercise, uh, use salt and, and various things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, very typically, you know, the, the people that listen to these podcasts, you know, they're they're very health savvy. They've done a lot of research on the Internet. And and so they yeah. think of their cold hands and their cold feet is like, oh, well, it's got to be a thyroid problem. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it is a thyroid problem, but sometimes it isn't. But even the right. thyroid can be related to the brain. Absolutely. I mean, really, you know, thyroid physiology starts in the brain, right? Because, uh, you know, we know that a TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is really come from the pituitary. And I really see pituitary as, as brain tissue. I, I see pituitary as brain tissue that make hormone. Uh, and then pituitary got to be stimulated by the hypothalamus to make the TSH. And hypothalamus really is the relay center between the brain and the endocrine system. It's like the translator between the brain and the endocrine system. Uh, so really, thyroid physiology starts in the brain. And remember that 90% output of the brain goes to the autonomic, but also creates that hypothalamic drive that drive that whole HPA axis. So the brain is where we got to look to make sure that thyroid is functioning properly. And of course, this is another, it gets a little more detail. You know, most people with thyroid problem have Hashimoto's autoimmune. And we know that the left brain uh, and the right brain, they, you know, in the human brain is lateralized, meaning it, it does different things between the left and the right brain compared to lower animals. The left brain tend to stimulate Th1 and the right brain tend to stimulate Th2. So if a person has a left-right brain imbalance, and we call this hemisphericity in functional neurology, say if somebody's right brain is weaker than the left brain, that means the right brain's weaker or the left brain's overactive. And what that's going to cause is a Th1 dominant uh, situation, and that can drive a Th1 autoimmune. So, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, functional neurology can really balance the immune system as well. It's just like balancing the brain. Okay, so Dr. Khan, what are some other tips that our listeners can kind of take home today to start taking uh, better care of their brain health? Well, like we alluded to earlier, uh, you got to check perfusion. You got to check your blood pressure. If your blood pressure is low, you got to take some steps to get that blood pressure up to par. Now, if you're taking blood pressure medication, obviously that needs to be managed, that needs to be watched for. However, as people make healthy lifestyle change, a lot of time their blood pressure blood pressure will lower naturally, so the blood pressure medication may actually be too much. So again, you gotta work with a doctor on that. Uh, you gotta make sure that your blood sugar is stable. So you know, one of the big things about brain health is that you gotta make sure that if you have, if you have hypoglycemia, you got to eat, you know, every two and a half to three hours. You've got to tend to your adrenal gland to make sure your adrenal gland is able to secrete cortisol and different hormones to keep the blood sugar in a steady state. If you have insulin resistance, then you may have to, you know, uh, cut out the starchy food, the sugary stuff. You know, these are all really basic things that people can do right away to improve their brain health from a fuel delivery model. And from the activation model, you know, we can say exercise and, you know, doing high-intensity exercise uh, those are all great, but in some people, they may have an imbalance between the left and the right brain. So that's where you may need to see a functional neurologist and have that evaluated. If you have a right brain weakness, we may have you do left-sided activity to stimulate that right brain. So it can get really specific, right? Uh, but in general, doing uh, activity that requires a lot of brain uh, activation helps. So things like Sudoku, uh, things like doing crossword puzzles, things like doing mazes, things like 
uh, you know, uh, using your brain to do creative things, you know, uh, make make projects. These are all simple things that people can do to take care of the brain health without having to see a doctor. Of course, some people may need to take that next step. You can even go to, uh, I, I know locally, um, there's a, a lot more of these little businesses popping up where you go and you uh, create a painting for an evening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my husband and I, we were uh, vacationing in Florida earlier this year, and we went to a business called uh, Sip and Stroke. And so you sip your wine, and you make a painting. And at first, I kind of thought like, oh, gee, thanks, honey, for planning this date night for us. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? We went and we we did it. We brought our mother-in-law with. And my gosh, we had so much fun. And it really impressed upon me how... You know, me as a functional medicine doctor, like I'm so left brain analytical Mm -hmm. and that I don't really flex that right brain creativity muscle very much. Yeah. And so even like just going and doing projects like that can be very, very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of us, we get so, you know, a lot of people get busy and the lifestyle's busy. All they have time to do is go to work, come home, turn on the TV. And what happens is if you keep doing like repetitive tasks, you know, like if you work in a factory and all you do is just like do the same task over and over and over and over again, what happens is you're, you're developing a very inflexible neurological system where you're really plastic in that task that you do, but in other things that you may not be able to adapt neurologically. So, yeah, it, it, trying new things is one of the novelty, you know, it's one of the good things that you can do for, for brain function. Dr. Khan, how can our listeners find out more about you and how, how can they find out more about your neurometabolic integration program? Yeah, we, we have a website and uh, it's at askdrkhan.com. It's A-S-K-D-R-K-A-N.com. Uh, we also have a, have a very active Facebook page at Hope Integrative Wellness. And uh, I have a YouTube channel that has you know about 200 videos at this point that people can access. It's at, at Dr. Peter Khan on YouTube. And then every Monday at 1230 uh, Arizona time, I'm actually on Facebook Live and Periscope doing the Ask Dr. Khan show where this is really for, you know, people to kind of watch me dis- discuss certain topics, like kind of the stuff that we discuss, get people tips and tricks that they can do on their own, and also answer any questions that people have. So those are all the ways that people can reach me and, you know, for me to help them make a difference. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to have all of those links in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. Khan. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Peter Khan. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.